Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is two weeks in a row. This is uh, an oddity these days because we've been doing a lot of we out here. So we're here to hang out a little bit tonight. But we got a Manly Mushings collaboration yet again. So welcome back, Joe Mack. Yes, sir. Excited to be back, fellas. Always a pleasure to join my Manly Musings cohorts here on the podcast. Big fan. Always listening, always tuning in. And if you aren't, make sure you subscribe to the Manly Musings podcast because it's one of the best listens I get on a weekly basis. Woo! Woo! We Love appreciate that. you. That was awesome. Joe Mac, how's everything with uh the Huskies podcast and yeah. the uh Manly Mushing or the Mushing oh. Mush, ah, that, the words. Mush he meant squad. to say the Mush Squad yeah, podcast. I'm, yeah. I'm just done talking tonight. Y'all can talk. I'll be done. It's all good. Uh, so the Mush Squad podcast, my co-host John and I, we are officially on a hiatus until further notice because our secondary podcast, which is the Bow Down podcast, a Washington, Washington Huskies football podcast. Um, long story short, we linked up with this Believe Network, which is like a podcast sports podcast network of different shows and channels and stuff. Um, and they asked us if we wanted to do a college football podcast. So John is like a walking, talking encyclopedia when it comes to college football. And he knew going into this last season that the Washington Huskies were going to be really good. So he threw out the idea to believe network. Hey, can we do the Washington Huskies? They didn't have anybody doing it. They assigned it to us. And the team made it to the national championship. So we lucked out our first year. Um, but what I will say is John and I have been putting in craziest, copious amounts of work these last few weeks now that the offseason is up. Mm -hmm. And we've been lucky enough to have conversations with some of our favorite Huskies of all time. We had uh, Super Bowl champ and New England Patriots legend Corey Dillon on the podcast a couple weeks ago we've had on uh mario bailey he is the greatest receiver of all time when it comes to washington huskies he um single-handedly outplayed desmond howard in the rose bowl in 91 of the national championship team and hit the heisman pose on desmond howard who was the heisman trophy winner um, we've had current players on like Isaiah, uh, uh, excuse me, Elijah Jackson, Jonah Coleman, Thaddeus Dixon. And then we just lined up for next Wednesday, Bishop Sankey, who was a top, wow. I think a first or second round draft pick of the Titans. Um, he had some tremendous seasons with the Huskies and he'll be joining us on the bow down podcast. So a lot of work being put in, a lot of talking with current and former players, legends across the board. Um, and definitely our passion project right now, something we're really into. And if you don't already, please follow us on all platforms, especially Apple and Spotify. You could search us by The Bow Down Podcast. And then Instagram is at The Bow Down Podcast. And Twitter or X these days, they call it X now. The kids are calling it X. It's at Bowdown Podcast. So for Twitter, we left the the at home at Bowdown Podcast. 
So a lot of fun, a lot of work, but it's really cool, like tapping into this Huskies community we got going on. I can only imagine it. Bishop Sankey, that's going to be a good one. I, uh, I loved him when he was in at Washington. The story about him is, isn't his grandfather blind or deaf? I'm pretty sure like one or the other. Got to circle back on that one on my part, but yeah, yeah. super excited. Um, and we've been, we've been killing it. We're, we we've grown it organically over the last few months and the work John's put in with the different collaborations and the different athletes and, you know, alumni, I think we're up to like 13,000 followers on, on Instagram, which is pretty crazy. So big shout out to my co-host JG. Love that for you guys. You're killing it. Kevin, are you still here? Nope. You're, 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 you're muted. Uh, now, now we can hear you. My gosh, I'm going to go nuts. This is why I, you I, and technology are no longer friends. Nope, 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 nope. The struggle is always real out here. But yeah, so shall we uh, keep it going? Yeah, um, I'm just looking at uh, Instagram real quick. And Hashim, uh, Hashim Whiteside just retired from basketball. Hmm. Total, white side. total management of the Pirates of Quadribalis and Puerto Rico. I don't know okay. what that is. Me neither. He made $106 million in his NBA, his 10-year career, though. Marshall University alum came out his freshman year. I think I remember him seeing him on the Heat. I think he was on the Kings. Bounced around. And he's like one of those last of that prehistoric era of like actually having a traditional center. Yeah. Shout out to Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, Kevin, you can go. You can start. Where do you? You oh, got me? Yeah, you yeah, got. Well, where? What? Are, what are we rookies out here? You're not even gonna do the introduction of like. Oh, oh you Kevin, want... what are you wearing? Like, my God. Actually, I don't want to start because you should start because you never have any apparel on. So you, how about you start with your fun hockey jersey? Oh, I wasn't going to go with that tonight. I was going with something different well, because man. I got the greatest gift of all time. Oh, yes. Luca's, one of Luca's greatest uncles of all time yeah. uh, of getting me the Celtics Legends alphabet. So probably in the next few months or so, We'll start reading through this um, and have him enjoy learning about the Boston Celtics greatness that is out there uh, and why we are the best organization in the NBA. Yeah, I wonder who his, like, awesome uncle who got him that for. Uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he's a co-host on this today. I, I But I don't know which one it is. No. It wasn't me. And the guy, Dude. it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mack would have sent Dolphin shit, and I'd be like, oh, no. Would have sent a, Yan a Yankees, ABC oh, Yankees book. That thing wouldn't even make it in my house. B oh, is for gosh. Babe Ruth. I love no. it. That's not Have you, got, that's have not you gone through funny. the book yet? Have no, I haven't gone? opened it up yet. Oh, my Lanta. All right. Well, let me know if there are any fun names. I got, I, yeah, I, I found those on the internet. I got them for. A bunch of people that like I know have kids, so I think I got someone. The uh, it's the ABC of basketball legends, the ABC of football legends, nice. and I think I have one more of I think it's like 
the ABCs of women's athletes. So we're spreading the love everywhere. Joe, you're going to need to like send me your address so I can find the Yankees one for you. Say less, my friend. You should, you should, you should send me the, uh, I know, I know I've seen those ads too. The ABCs of Taylor Swift has one too. So, you know, it's funny. I was originally going to get that from one of my friends, but when I went to go purchase that one, that one was like sold out. Of course. Oh yeah. That's, the most popular person in the NFL is sold out. Right? Out no, of never. Um, but Kevin, to answer your question, I have a UNC hockey sweatshirt on. Where did you get that? That's really nice. Um, where did I get it? Where did he get it? Uh, 47 brand. Oh, nice. nice, nice, yeah, nice. I got it on sale because I'm not spending $160 on this thing. I mean, I don't blame you. That's a lot of money, sir. Yeah, but it's. I'll take it. I like it. Is it stitched? Yeah, it's all stitched. That's fancy. Shout out to the 47, 47 brand does, you know, they they go hard with this kind of stuff. And then they have, it's like there's the big like Tar Heel on it, right? Yeah, big old old school Tar Heel face. That is actually really cool. Yeah. I'm I should, should have worn this last week with Cyrus, but I didn't even grab it and think of it. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, so my team apparel today, everyone, is the great Kaylin Clark out here. This jersey sold out three times online, and I finally got it back on. It's like third restock. Uh, this is the jersey that they are selling for the part of the NIL deals that Nike has with their student athletes. I have the Bronny James one. You guys saw me with the Paige Beckers one for UConn. I mean, this there was no question that this one had to be joined the Kevin Cueva jersey collection. So that is my peril today, Merritt. I love it. And then Joe Mack, what do you, you got the uh, Bill Belichick? The Bill Belichick cutoff sleeve sweatshirt um, representing because Bill's son, Steve, was just hired as the defensive coordinator for the University of Washington. So it all- Oh, nice. Fun, fun fact about the University of Washington. So the head coach that took them to the national championship, Kalen DeBoer, left town and went to Alabama now that Nick Saban retired. Right. We brought in this guy named Jed Fish. He was the head coach of Arizona football. Okay. And the staff he has put in place around him, he took a lot of guys from Arizona that were in Arizona with him, including Tyler Owens, their strength and conditioning coach. If you So Tyler Owens played for and then coached alongside Nick Saban. He has seven national oh, six national championships he's won as a player and a coach just just at alabama um that's sick but the fun fact at uh washington the defensive coordinator like i said is steven belichick bill belichick's son and the offensive coordinator is pete carroll's son wow so two Whoa. of the greatest football coaches in my opinion, of all time, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, their bloodlines, their lineage is working with Jed Fish up in Washington. And Jed Fish has said, since both of those coaches are no longer affiliated with any NFL teams, don't be surprised if you see them walking around campus a little bit. Ooh, so oh, he's throwing, wow. the, throwing the invite out already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I can see Pete Carroll doing it because he's not too far. Um, Belichick, he might, he might venture out for a game or two. Might head out. 
that's pretty that's pretty dope i like that um that, now hopefully you guys can get one of those guys on that would be unreal That'd be wild just be careful steve belichick likes to have his tongue out the whole time <laughs> yeah so just be wary of that <laughs> um well awesome i know we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail but the biggest game that we all love to watch was on sunday the super bowl it was the highest rated or most watched super bowl of all time i think there was 153.4 million people tuned in um that's fantastic well deserved it was a great game I thought it was slow to start and we'll talk about it, but it definitely was a great ending um, for sure. Um, I want to dive into this because this is something I know we all love is the NBA trade deadline. It's always a crazy time. Kevin, I first want to get your thoughts because your Knicks did. I say something fairly decent for the, for a change. Yeah. I mean, pretty much highway robbery, getting two of the best players on the Detroit Pistons and literally giving them a sack of change for for them. I highway robbery in my opinion. Like I don't know what the Pistons organization is doing, but hey, whatever. Um if you guys aren't familiar with the trade we're talking about, we're talking about the Knicks getting Alex Burks and Bojan Bonjanovic for Ryan Arachniato. Evan Arch- Fournier. Archie man. Arch- Arch- I'm so sorry. I, 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 his last name is so hard to pronounce. I, I, it's always screws me up. But, uh, him, Fournier, Quentin Grimes. I know we gave away one more guy. I'm just drawing a blank on his name. Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn. Yeah, Mal. Yeah, that's right. Malachi Flynn didn't really matter that much either. But pretty much, with the exception of Grimes, and along with a second round pick, two, we gave that. Two second round picks got those two guys in return. We still have all our first round draft picks. Yeah, that's all huge. of them. Like, I could not believe it. I was just like, when I, when the trade went through, looking at it, I'm like, wow, we really didn't have to give up a first round pick. This is all coming to plan on what the Knicks want to do. Save those first round picks for a star, a dis- possible disgruntled star that wants to come to New York. So I'm glad we have those in the back pocket. And, you know, I think we're going to get more into it later on. But I'm I'm going to say this. I don't be surprised if you see the Knicks playing closer, close to the summer. Yeah. They- they're saying it, the moves make you guys more of a contender than what you were. 100%. Especially when we get everyone healthy. Right. That's that's the thing right now. The Knicks are they're not playing well right now because 80% of their starters aren't playing. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm a big silver lining type of guy when it comes to basketball at least. You're getting all these bench guys a lot of burn, a lot of experience right now. And when you get back a Mitchell Robinson and when you get back a Julius Randle and when OG is back and healthy, you're going to have a starting lineup of OG, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, uh, Brunson. Brunson and probably Bogdanovich or Burks or something like that. Or Hart. Even or Josh Hart. Hart could slide into that spot just because he's 
more defensive minded than majority might, of those guys we just said, I, besides Mitchell Robinson. I think they might keep DiVincenzo in that spot right now just for that offensive fire punch and then have Josh be the sixth man off the bench. Yeah. And that's that's pretty scary to considering right after them, you have Alex Burke, you have Bogdanovich, you have possibly Hardenstein when he gets healthy. You have yeah. uh you can spread the floor, you can fa- you know, quicken the pace. And we still have guys like Jericho Sims and our guy Miles McBride that are just still chilling on the bench that can go ahead and step in for some minutes. Like we could play like 10 to 11, maybe 12 deep if we need to. If guys get into foul trouble, you're going to have guys that are going to be able to be slipped right in to fill the spots. Yeah. And, and I know that during the trade deadline, the 76ers made a deal to acquire Buddy Heald, which was big a big move. move for them. But with the oft-injured Joel Embiid, who mm-hmm. some are saying four weeks, some are saying six to eight weeks, some are saying April. Who knows what this knee injury really entails because it's not a full meniscus tear. Yeah, so he's going to have a, a, a smaller surgery than what it would fully be. Right. But still, you're probably looking at, I would say, six weeks. Yeah. So end of March, beginning of March, somewhere in the middle of March is when he's back. And it's going to take, what, two, three weeks? Yeah. Get back into game shape. Get back into that game shape. They're only they're going to put them on minutes restriction. So your hope is by the time they get to the playoffs, he's at a hundred percent. Right. If so. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough one. I, I love the body buddy healed trade though. I think that was phenomenal for them. Um, I also like that the Celtics traded with them and got a stud defender because we do need that on the second unit because he, our second unit cannot guard anyone to save their lives. Um, and we also got some dude from Memphis, Xavier. Xavier Tillman. Tillman, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And we got rid of Lamar Stevens and a second rounder, and two second rounders for it. We didn't give up any first round picks, which is nice. The one that surprised me the most, though, was Grant Williams. Grant Williams got moved too, right? It was uh, he was the part of the PJ Washington trade. PJ Washington trade. Go to Charlotte. Yeah, it was almost like straight up him for him. Oh, wait, are we forgetting another very important trade with another Eastern Conference team? Uh, the, the I'm pretty Mets. sure the Bucks didn't they get Pat Bev? Yeah, it's Pat Bev. Yeah, it's. Yes. It, 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 well, here's my thing. I think that that's gonna give them a little bit more, a little bit more of an edge because Milwaukee has kind of been in this funk. Yeah, and yeah. Then I think he can he can be an important boost to get the the team going. You know, he's he's feisty, and you don't really have any of that on Milwaukee. So I thought that was a, a big deal that could possibly it, help them in the long does run. Does it move the needle though? Does that make them more of a contender, or does it still keep them? in that say two, three spot still chasing what Boston has been doing this year. Well, Boston is a beast unto its own 25 and three at home, securely holding down the one seed. Mm -hmm. Cleveland is the two right now because they're 18 and two over their last 20, which is like 
unheard of and really ridiculous and the team is gelling but i don't think that's something we're going to be seeing come end of march early april is cleveland at the two we know it's going to be celtics bucks sixers knicks in some form way shape it's going to be those four in the top four if you're looking at it from the knicks perspective you'd want to do everything you can to land that two or three seed mm-hmm. so that oh, yeah. you can stay on the home court in the garden as long as possible. And avoid. Know, the East is going to run through Boston. We all know it. There's no doubt about it. You want to avoid Boston as long as possible. And right now, with the exception of Boston and the Bucks, to win the Eastern Conference, the Knicks are in third right now. The betting odds have the Knicks at third. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I heard it today on first take. It's just... What Boston has done this year, no one's even talking about Boston. No, because they've talked about them when they lost their three games at home, and that was it. But then you look at what happened to that this team over the offseason and getting rid of Marcus Smart, which we all thought was – it sucked because he was the heart and soul of that team, but it was probably the best trade I've ever seen someone do besides the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade with the, uh, the Nets years ago. Because Christoph Porzingis is unfreaking real. He has unlocked what this team can do. Yeah, he's so. He uh, it was either I think it was Jalen Brown was saying he had an interview early last week and he was like, "Me and and Jason Tatum are the best one two in the league, but what Porzingis brings for us is." What we've been missing the whole time, you know, no disrespect to Al Horford and his 7.8 points per game, no disrespect to, you know, anybody else that was on this team, Marcus Smart or um, Rob uh, Williams, Ter- Terry Rozier, yeah. or Rob Williams, no disrespect to any of those guys, but nobody that we just mentioned in the last 25, 30 seconds is a certified three in this league. Yep. They're all role players. And you're getting 27 points per game out of Tatum, 22 out of Brown, and 20.4 out of Porzingis. So right off rip, you have 68 points just from your three guys every night, night in, night out. And then you add the fact that Drew Holiday and Derek White have been going off lately. You know, White goes off for 28 points every other game, and Drew Holiday is one of the best defensive guards in the league out here. And you know what? They all make – I've watched a few games. I haven't watched a bunch this year, but the few games I've watched, they have made mental mistakes because they're still trying to figure out how all of it works together, especially when Tatum and Brown or Kristoff's like one of those guys, The two, a combination of those two are not on the court at the same time because then the offense changes. But you're seeing it slowly gel together. The other night, Peyton Pritchard hit two half-court shots. It was unreal. So, like, there's things starting to happen. But the full trade deadline stuff, I thought it was great. I thought a lot of good moves for a lot of good teams. I honestly think the the Pistons are just tanking to keep that number one spot. Hope The hope's alive to keep get the number one spot. Uh, Kevin, one thing that your Lakers did, though, which is they're hoping makes a big difference for you guys, is signing Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Dinwiddie sorry, after he got bought out in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, they need Lakers need uh, a prayer and everything in between because LeBron needs help. 
He's putting up 40, and they're not getting any wins to compensate for that. So I hope he, Spencer, I saw him online. They put him up on Instagram, toured the facility, already went to work the minute he got off the plane, which is awesome. Always been a big fan of Spencer when he was on the Nets, his two tenures with the Nets. So we shall see what happens. I think the Lakers are, I think, in the 10th position right now, if I got that correct. I believe so. So we still have some. They're in the ninth right now. Ninth. So we still have some ways of growing out here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. You're in the play-in, which is. We're good in the play-in. And, you know, I would never bet against the Lakers in a play-in. If you, you put LeBron for a one and done, you know, he's he's going to show out and do what he's got to do. Um, it's just a matter of making sure that the rest of the team is healthy. And they just need to figure it out. Like last year at this time, the Lakers were a completely different monster where they were winning games they weren't supposed to and they were playing like a team i think right now some of the injuries they have right now are really affecting the gel of what was supposed to be a way better team and man shout out to uh jared vanderbilt for going down this year that's going to be a huge loss for the lakers because he is a big part of the puzzle for them to continue what they were doing last year. He got hurt during the Celtics game, what, what a week or two ago? Yeah, he got hurt, hurt during that game, which sucked. Is he out for the rest of the year? I thought he was only out for a short, like a couple of weeks. Four, three to four weeks as of uh, last week with a right mid-foot sprain. Um, but you never know with that. Yeah, I mean, three to four weeks, to four you're already... It's 10 games. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Quick thing. The two guys that the Celtics sent to the Wizards for Christoph Porzingis, Delinari, and Mike Muscala both got traded to the Pistons. That is just hysterical to me. Ah, crazy. The pit, like the Pistons, are just blowing it all up. I just like I don't even know what the plan is. Like, what is the plan for the Pistons? I don't know. We'll find out in a little bit. Oh, the Celtics are playing in Brooklyn tonight. Nice. Are they winning? No, it's a first quarter, eight minutes in, uh, eight minutes left, and it's nine, eight uh, nets. There you go. Ooh. All right, let's move on, because we'll talk about that forever. Um, I thought this was just hysterical. I don't know if you guys have paid attention to the college basketball rankings, but as of this morning, Indiana State U- University has now been ranked in the top 25 for the first time since they were ranked number one in 1979 and we all know who was playing on that team in 1979 larry the greatest the greatest un-freaking-real this team i i was reading about them they uh i think they've only had let me see i'm looking at the rankings right now they're at number 23 they've lost three games all year and they probably have in my opinion the next joker on their team. Oh, is that that? Is that who he plays for? Yeah, Robbie. Oh, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a sophomore. They're they're like starting lineups. Almost all sophomore freshmen. There's some juniors. Very few seniors. They have one, two seniors on the team. One, two, three, four. Five juniors, one, two, uh, one, two, three sophomores, and then one, two, three, 
for five uh, freshmen. Like, this is a young team, and I really want to see this Robbie Avilia guy actually come to the NBA and go up against the Joker and learn from him. Yeah. Listen, they're on a nine-game winning streak. They're playing Illinois State right now. They're down six at halftime, but Avilia's got uh, 4.3 assists. It's it, They're a good team. It's a good team. It's a surprisingly good team, but mm-hmm. they're killing it. Yeah, and like shout out to him with his goggles. I love it. I know. But like, have you you watched the highlights I sent to you? Yeah. He, he can ball. I love it. I mean, that's that's kind of what the new age of this athlete is. Look at look at Victor. Look at guys like Chet Holmgren. Like it's these six ten guys that know how to like play from inside out. And I'm here for it. Same here. I I love it. Um, their whole uh, starting lineup is averaging. I think it's over 15 points per per player, something in that range, something ungodly. So good for them. Um, Kevin, this one though is about your New York Knickerbockers. I watched that game yesterday. It was a complete catastrophe. I watched the highlight at the end. I, and I don't know how they call that a foul. That was horrific. Absolutely. Like, what in goodness name would make you call that at the end of the game? Maybe first quarter, cool. Second quarter, yeah, sure. Third quarter, why not? The last second. And, like, it's not like the shooter, Aaron Holiday, shout out to him, but he, like, threw that for Hail Mary and, oh, it grazed the side of his hip. Like, you can't call that. For a, a, a concluding final game, it just doesn't work. You're it's horrible. And might I add, I gotta give kudos to my Knicks because they were down 16 in the start of that fourth quarter, and with their new lineup, they made a hell of a run to go ahead and tie it at the end of the game. And then that call had to happen. And what I think is ridiculous is I apparently the, the NBA came out with like a statement afterwards to talk about like how it shouldn't know, have been a call. It shouldn't have been a call. It's it's ridiculous. And yeah, I would be a, a completely upset because if you're on the Knicks right now and you're seeing the way that East standings are, that game could have could easily be the game that costs you from going from the four seed to the three seed. Right. And you know what? Not only was that call so egregious and like uncalled for, needless to say, but the refs just didn't have a good game at all. First off, Houston isn't like a home court advantage, like a Boston, like a Lakers, even a Clippers right now. You go into those home courts and home arenas and you're, you're facing six, six players, the five on the court and the crowd. You're not getting that in Houston. They're 24 and 29. There's no reason why Houston should have 33 free throw attempts and the Knicks 12. That is the biggest discrepancy I've seen in a long time when it comes to two different teams. You mean to tell me the Knicks fouled Houston three times as often as Houston fouling the Knicks? 
pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's out of control. I'm watching Jalen Brunson literally get shoved from one side to the other, and then the Rockets are getting every single call the whole day. Yeah. It, it didn't make any sense. And even the referees, I, I almost feel like I forgot there was a portion of the fourth quarter where they made a call that, like, I think it was, like, the Knicks got called for a block. But it was clear as day that the Houston Rockets player shoved him with his arm, and they didn't call it. They reviewed it but still kept that call. But then you came back on the other end, and a similar thing happened on the other end, and then all of a sudden it was foul again. So it's like the inconsistencies with the referees, especially that game. And Merritt, I know you've talked about your hatred for the NBA referees plenty of times. They're bad. It's it's, it's rough. And they're making really bad calls this year. It's been probably one of the worst ref seasons in a long time. Um, If we're going to call like tick attack fouls, I saw a video the other day or just today of Giannis taking a uh, a towel and whipping a ref as he runs by and going like, what are you doing? And it's like, you stare at him, but don't tee him up when that's a technical foul. You would do yeah. that if it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be some type of fixing of uh, uh, or changing of the guard with these refs. Because we have too many people that are old school minded in what they're doing or are stuck in their ways and they're not changing to accommodate what the new NBA is. I I know I'm not a fan of new NBA. I love old school NBA, rough and tough. But this is a fun game to watch still. So the refs kind of coming in and saying what they're doing and do all this. It's ruining it at the end of the day for for the fans. Yeah, it's... uh... It's egregious to say the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. My arm is very itchy. It's all good. Can we, so I see your, your next topic. We don't even really need to go through that first bullet point because uh, I think we honestly could take a break from the men's basketball team for the rest of the season with how egregious they are playing right now. Um, yeah. They lost again. Yeah. And they lost again yesterday. I'll be, I'll be honest, Merritt, you know, I, you and I have talked, we, we want to give coach Josh Eilert another shot just due to the conditions. What I'm saying right now, the way they're playing right now, I don't think he's going to get it, man. He ain't. And that's the, that's the worst part is he literally is not going to get another shot. They're eight and 16. They have how many freaking games? One, two, three. They have seven games left. And then the a, maybe a Big 12 tournament game? Well, they'll have one. Everyone gets in the tournament. They'll have one game, and they'll lose that first game. Yeah, it's, it is really, like, egregious. We talk about using that word today. That's going to be the word of the day, egregious, because that is how bad whenever I watch our men's team, it's that's what describes their play. I watch them, and I'll – turn to ESPN plus on another TV to watch the women's team. And, and you have a completely different 180 of styles and in, they actually play like a team. So yeah. Uh, but I know our women's lost lately, right? Yeah. They lost to Baylor uh, the other day. So 68 to 58, 
Hey, it's Baylor. They're a really, really good women's basketball program. They always have been for years. Um, they went from number 22 to number 24 in the rankings. They're still ranked. Yeah. They're still Was crushing Was that their fourth, it. fourth loss of the season? Uh, hold on. I have to sh- check. I'll look. Standings. I don't know why I did it that way. Big 12, West Virginia. They have... Oh, it's only showing me the conference. They've lost three conference games, but I'm pretty sure. I the the one I have is that they're 20 and three. Holy smokes, they have 20 wins already. Yeah, they are the fastest uh ever to get to 20 wins in the regular in the in the season. And it's the first time a coach at you know, first year head coach for the women's team has actually won um 20 games. Wait, Coach Carey never got 20 games? Not in his first season. Wow. Shout, yep. shout out to them. I love they're, it. They're currently playing TCU. They are up 22 to 17 with 619 left in the first half. Um first half or first quarter? First half. It's there in the second quarter right now. Okay. Beautiful. Now this is a TCU team that is two and ten in conference play. Somehow, fifteen and eight, according to ESPN. <laughs> also had to forfeit two games because they didn't have enough players, and literally had a made a tryout for the school in which they signed three freshmen and a volleyball player. So shout out to the TCU team for even having fifteen wins. Right. They they're not counting the two games that they lo- that they forfeited towards their overall schedule um, standing, but they're counting them in the Big Twelve. That's what okay. I'm seeing here. Um, so they but should that's win still, that. Credit to them for still getting 15 wins. We they, can we can't our men's team can't even get to 10 right now. They ain't going to. Um, but rough. I want them to keep going. I love it. It's phenomenal. They're fourth right now. Technically, they're tied with Texas because of the same uh, conference ranking of uh, nine and three. But we have lost to Texas, so we're technically behind them. Kansas State and Oklahoma are the only other two really good teams in that um in the Big 12. So and we have to play them in the next two games. And then play Baylor again. So we got some good games coming up. I I'm excited. I'll probably throw it on one of these games in the next couple of days on for sure. Um so shout out to the women's. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing, girls. Uh yeah, shout out to the ladies out here. Better than the men. 100 percent um and then the last west virginia update is the combine is right around the corner uh and we have one player going and he's also the person that got injured in our last game too and but, he also uh, played in the senior bowl did he play in the senior bowl yeah he was there he and bishop um even if he got hurt he had a surgery and everything he was good they cleared him Shout out to Zach Frazier, true stud, yep. West Virginia zone. Uh, apparently the Pist- uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers love him, Kevin. I mean, God only knows we got to – whoever the hell is in center, we need to protect whoever the hell is back there because – It ain't going to be Trubisky. I mean, honestly, we might just have open tryouts to find a new quarterback because that's how bad we're looking right now. Cause... All right, let's go. All three of us, Pittsburgh bound, let's go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, 
I have no use for that the, quarterback. I'll take, I'll take the veteran minimum right now. Yeah. Um, well, definitely. <laughs> Buy a lot of diapers with that like shit. 870000 I think, is what it is. Uh, yeah. And I after taxes, you'd probably be close to f- probably four. Yeah, between four and five. So that's yeah, still I'll, pretty damn good. I'll take that. What I'll take that for one year. Oh yeah, uh, that's it. Um, now let's talk about the biggest game of the year. Um, until next year when we watch it again, <laughs> and hope and pray our teams make it that time around. Mine definitely won't. Kevin, yours might. I don't know. Joe Mac, I have no idea what the Dolphins are going to do. Um, but. Overall thoughts. I, I want to hear what you guys think about this year's Super Bowl 49ers uh Chiefs. Definitely on the slower end. I mean, mm-hmm. one thing was because the score was so low and the clock just kept running, I felt it was like it was slow, but all of a sudden then it was halftime. And I'm like, oh, we're already about ready to go see Usher. I'm all about it. But uh definitely wish it was a little bit more high scoring. Because you know it's the final game of the year, but I mean, shout out to the NFL trying to expand and take over as much TV as possible, getting us to an in, almost an entire overtime, which I don't think has ever been done in a Super Bowl history. Nope. So, and way to make it exciting at the end. Uh, kudos to the Chiefs. Shout out to Nicole Hardman. You know, if anybody knows his story, he started with the Jets with yep. them for twelve games. Jets legend, get, Nicole Hardman. Jets legend, Nicole Hardman. Absolutely, you know, probably averaged maybe like five or six catches as a Jet, and then he gets the biggest catch of his life and career for getting the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. You know, can't beat that. If, um, you, if you remember, the Jets had um, – they were on hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was and just going to say. They had the, um, the tele – Kinesis guy, the the whatever his name is, the um, oh yeah, the guy that did that, that like the predictions, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicole Hardman was like, "Yep, we're gonna be in the Super Bowl." And then he's like, "Who are you gonna Who are you gonna play?" And he's like, "We're not gonna play. We're gonna beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl." And he ended up predicting his future on Hard Knocks. Oh Shout out, Nicole. Gosh, that's that's right. That is incredible. Yeah, phenomenal. I, I do have one thing to uh, say about this Chiefs team. This offense had absolutely no right being in the Super Bowl. No. You're leading leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl was Patrick Mahomes. Okay? Kelsey did not have a bad game. He didn't have a great game, but – Nicole Hardman, Justin Watson, Rushi Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, Noah Gray, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jarek McKinnon, his first game in God knows how long, and Richie James all accounted for receptions. Half of those guys sound like the guy that makes my bacon, egg, and cheese at the bodega down the block, okay? Oh. No disrespect. No disrespect whatsoever. <laughs> But I got a hot take, fellas. Go ahead. I got a hot take here. Can't wait to put this on the reel. Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, it's really hard for me to argue. He's played six full seasons. Mm -hmm. 
And in 50% of his seasons, half the time he's played, he's not only won the Super Bowl, but he's won Super Bowl MVP. I honestly will have to say that he did not. No one deserved an MVP in this past game. Nobody. If the 49ers had won, it would have been Jennings for throwing a touchdown pass and catching one. I think it would have been McCaffrey. He had 160 all-purpose yards, a touchdown. And a fumble loss. Right. Yeah. But if I was talking to my friends and was watching it, if Travis Kelsey scores that touchdown near the end of that game or in the overtime, I think Travis Kelsey becomes your your MVP just for the simple fact that he literally barreled through 10 49ers defenders to get to where they were. Right. And the second half, he actually showed showed up. up. He played well in the second half. He had one target in the first freaking half. We all know the offense doesn't run that way. It goes through Travis. So um, I did see something, Joe Mack, in six seasons with Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs have went to one Super Bowl. In the two years without him, they've gone to two. And one, two. And one, two. And one. I'll say this. I still think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, the overall quarterback room. Um, if the Chiefs can three-peat, then I would have to say – There's a conversation. There, it's a, it's a much further conversation to be had. You know, the numbers Tom Brady put up in throughout his career – he had three separate careers, right? Winning Super Bowls in every single segment of it. I don't think we're ever going to see that same thing ever again. Now, Patrick, in his first six years, compared to Tom Brady, is a lot better, right? But it's a lot different game. Correct. Absolutely. So, so but I would have to say the conversation is now truly there after winning three Super Bowls uh, in a young career. Um, but my hot, I have a hot take too. I know Travis said he's coming back, and I know Andy Reid said they're coming back. If they do, it's for one year, and that's it. I think they're both going to retire at the end of next season. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. There were the rumors that Andy Reid was already packing his bags and leaving, and they were going to put they they was they brought um, Eric Bieniemy back for uh prior to the ravens game and because the enemy is no longer affiliated with the commanders because they have a new regime down in washington um Mm. and uh they brought the enemy back as a quote-unquote consultant prior to the ravens game and his help along with obviously matt nagy the oc they did really well against the ravens obviously Yep. Um, and I'd assume they had him consulting prior to the Super Bowl as well. One could assume that some combination of Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, that whole staff, everyone is coming back, like down to the water boy. Nobody mm-hmm. is leaving. And the Chiefs, the only question mark on the entire roster for next season, it's a very big question mark, but it's the only question mark is Chandler Jones. They're yeah. going to have to they're going to have to cut a check. They're going to have to make him happy because you can't franchise tag him again. I think it's going to be north of 24 million dollars and, and he missed the first what month? He missed the entire preseason, OTAs, everything. And I don't 
know if he missed a game. Let me I think he check missed, on that. I feel like he missed uh, or no, he did. He missed one or two games because he was in the stands. He was yeah. in the box watching the game. Yeah, Chris Jones, uh he played Can't find it here, but Yeah, he, he didn't play until the Jacksonville game, mm-hmm. which was the seventeenth, week uh week three. So yeah, he missed the first two games. Week four. Week four was his first game. So yeah, three games. He missed and he had a phenomenal year. Ten and a half sacks in less games than everybody else. Um yeah, he's 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 a game changer for them, and they need to make sure that they prioritize getting him his money, his well-earned money. Uh because that's the only question mark the Chiefs would have on their way to a three-peat. Yeah, I would agree. And are they able to keep the team happy? You know, they're going to have to figure out a couple of things with some of those players on money and contracts that are coming up. But Chris Jones, like you said, is the biggest factor for them. Um, Now let's talk about probably the one thing that was, in my mind, started off slow like the Super Bowl, but ended with a bang, the halftime show. Kevin, I want you to start because you were the one that talked about Usher. You were you're, you were excited, so I want to hear all about it. I mean, it was exactly what I thought it would be and exactly what I expected. You got to – people – a lot of people were like, you know, why is he cutting his songs short? Why is he, like, not doing full songs? People don't realize – they only get 12 minutes and to he do went, the halftime show. He went longer. Yeah, he got 12 minutes, went and then went two minutes over the extra time he was allowed. He technically was allowed 15, but then he ended up going 17. So, you know, I expected all what he had because, you know, if you guys don't know, Usher has the residency in Vegas. He's going to be going on tour. Yeah, dropped a new album. He's going to be dropping a new album. So I'm glad he didn't do any new stuff. He needed to keep all the just, just keep it hits from the get go. And like, I just knew the minute he brought out Alicia Keys, I already saw where this was coming. Then you heard turn down for what? I was like, all right, you know, this is just coming. We're, 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 we're going, taking those steps. And then Ludacris came out. I think a lot of people were kind of hoping for a possible Bieber appearance because of the he, fact that he discovered Justin. And of course, Justin has his hit song, Baby with Ludacris. So I think people were upset there, but I can't complain. I actually think one of my favorite parts of the show is when he brought out her to do the guitar solo for. I had no bad. idea that was her. And then do you know the, her story where yeah. she was? performed at the Super Bowl years ago as a kid and then, as a kid and then now she is back playing a guitar solo for like probably the most prominent part of that song while he had to do his costume change to put on his roller skates that was and, pretty cool though yeah and he brought out will I am and I was like all right you know just keep give it to us so can, can I kudos ask you, to usher go ahead I, I asked you guys both this question 
Did you think that was CeeLo Green and not Jermaine Dupree? I, I heard that. I thought at first I was like, I'm like, that's not CeeLo. And I'm trying to figure out in my head who it was. And then I had to look it up and I was like, that was Jermaine Dupree. Hey man, he got he put on that that love weight out here. So no, he put on a lot more than just love weight. Yeah. He might uh hey. He got money. He can do whatever the hell he wants. That's, That's true. Man, man, man makes money. Like, no, all that. But Kevin, I agree. It was great. I thought it wasn't the best. It was not the best halftime show. I I still think the Dr. Dre halftime show is the best I've ever seen. I give but, it a solid 8 out of 10. Uh, 100%. Same here. I love the simple fact when Turn Down for What came on, I was like, all right, now we're finally getting some good shit. Um. Did you ever, did anybody see like the memes online where like, so like Lil John pops out of the crowd, but then there's like in the, the background is like somebody that just gets thrown in the air and like, they're like, does anybody know what happened to that guy? And they circle him and he's <laughs> and it's just like, he got thrown. He might have been like an acrobat or something that they have or some yeah. Cirque du Soleil guy, but it, the way it looks on TV, it looks like somebody just like threw this guy in the air and he was just like, not ready for it. Oh, I didn't see it. I just love that they think uh, Ludacris looked like uh, somebody from Dodgeball. Yeah. Like Cobras. <laughs> it was I good. Mean, I, I enjoyed the halftime show. Yeah. I honestly was happy with it. it. I'm not the biggest Usher fan. I like his hit songs, but, you know, I was happy, like you said, Kevin. He stayed with the hits. That's it. Um. Next. This has got to be a question that everyone's got to start asking is can Shanahan actually win the big game? And Joe Mack, I want to start with you. He, he's been in big, big scenarios. He had a huge lead against the Patriots when he's the offensive coordinator with, for the Falcons blew that he's now been the Super Bowl twice, right? Two or three times. He's had a 10 point lead in both both times against the chiefs and has failed. What are your thoughts? So I think the 49ers took their foot off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that on the Bow Down podcast that my, my co-host John and I always talk about when it comes to the Washington football Huskies is controlling the middle eight. And what I mean by that is the last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third quarter you got to treat that as its own contest and you have to win in both of those four minute periods. And we saw the uh, 49ers go up 10, 10, nothing over the chiefs in the super bowl. And they squeaked out that field goal right before halftime to make it 10, three. And guess what happened at the beginning of the third quarter, the chiefs got the ball back and all their momentum, all the momentum switched there. And the Chiefs were able to kind of tie the game up and then eventually take the 13 to 10 lead. Um, small mistakes. Listen, can you blame Kyle Shanahan for the muffed punt on the special teams that got the Chiefs to flip the field for 60 something yards? No, you can't blame Kyle Shanahan or coaches. You can't even blame the players. Everybody on that play did what they were supposed to do. And that they was just, a freak. It was a freak play. Can you blame 
Kyle Shanahan for the Christian McCaffrey fumble loss. I don't think you can blame Kyle Shanahan for that because when you have a player like Christian McCaffrey, the offensive player of the year, you got to give him the ball. And guess what you got to do? You got to keep giving him the ball. You lost one of your best linebackers and defensive players to a freak Achilles injury. Dude, that running onto the field after a turn, their turnover on downs. That was horrible. I yeah. felt so, and they just announced the whole story of him yeah. that day. And you watch that, you're like, oh, God. And what I will say is um, following the new implementation of these new overtime rules. Kyle Shanahan was getting a lot of flack. The Niners were getting a lot of flack about when you won the coin toss, you wanted the ball. But in, with the new rules, both teams are guaranteed to get possession regardless of what happens. Yep. So essentially, you want second possession in overtime so you know what you have to do. If the first team scores a field goal, you get to say, I know I need a touchdown to win the game. Yep. Or... If the first team scores a touchdown, you know, I need to keep this game alive and score a touchdown, or I need to grow some, you know, what's and go for two after I score a touchdown. Yeah. Or you that's, stop them. And that's the, 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 the court of public opinion was denouncing Kyle Shanahan because they're like, Oh, he didn't know the rule. Um, the team didn't know the rule. The captain that went out there didn't the report that came out two hours ago on ESPN 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, asked staff to review overtime rules with players prior to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that, it was discussed. Everybody knew it. And that's my next comment here is that OT miscues. Um, a lot of players came out and said, hey, yeah, I didn't know the rule until I looked up. So what you're saying, it's not adding up. And we, the Chiefs players were like, yeah, we've had meetings on this every single day. We learned, we memorized the rules so that we, if if it happened, we knew what to do. Yep. I don't know. It's I, I'd love for Shanahan to win because it would be the first father son duo to ever win a Super Bowl. Right. It'd be the coolest thing in the world. I think the 49ers are still going to be one of the best, if not the best, team in the NFC next year. Yeah. But Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that I was surprised that of that whole thing and all the reports when it came to knowing the rule, not knowing the rule. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, you should be prepared at all costs, no matter what. Like the the Chiefs if the Chiefs knew what was going on, there's no reason why the 49ers mm -hmm. should have gone over, hey, if we go into overtime, you know, this is what's gonna happen. Um but I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know about the rule until like until game day. Also, I didn't know that there was a change right. with that either. But hey, you know, lesson learned to anybody going to the Super Bowl next year. Make sure you know your rule book before you before you get there. So, but yeah, unfortunate. I really hope Kyle Shanahan figures it out because honestly, big fan of CMC. I'd love for him to get a ring. Um, just a tough out this year but you know they just keep running into the goat slash future goat slash new goat and pretty much the nfl is going through him right now so yeah and kevin i want to point out that last week cyrus yourself and myself um 
predicted who we thought we would win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that got it right. Well, good for you. <laughs> well, my my score was very close, though. You were. You were super close with your score. Um, I was not. <laughs> I was a lot higher than what that score was. I mean, um, I was hoping for higher of a score, too, but... You know, to each their own. We had a defensive slugfest. It's like watching LSU Alabama out here. I just loved Andy Reid's uh, explanation of the final play because it's the final play they ran in the Super Bowl four years ago that won them the game. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called corn dog. But this time we added a little bit of ketchup and mustard to it. I was like, that's an Andy Reid. <laughs> I've ever heard one in my life. That's phenomenal. <laughs> um. So I, love perfect. I love the nickname corn dog. That's such an Andy Reed thing. <laughs> I love like you can never not love Big Red. Right. Like he's just phenomenal. All right, guys. I want to get this. This is a fun one. The way too early Super Bowl for next year. Who do you think's in it? Goodness gracious. I know. I know. It just literally just happened. It's two days ago. By the time y'all listen to it, it's probably like a week ago. But... So did you guys see the logo for next year's Super Bowl? No, I didn't even know it was out yet. Yep, it has been released. And can I go look just, at it? Just like, yeah, if you guys want to pull it up, just I'm Super Bowl 2025 logo. And um, it's in New Orleans at the Caesars Ooh! Superdome. Oh, and there are two distinct colors in that logo for these. The, if I'm putting on my aluminum foil hat, my conspiracy theory hat, here. <laughs> just like it. just like this year, you know, there was red and purple, which was supposed to be uh, 49ers and Ravens, but that neon green immediately stands out to me to be those disgusting Seattle Seahawks jerseys. Oh, and that, and that red looks like Kansas City red. Wow. So could I say Chiefs are looking for a three-peat and they're playing the Seattle Seahawks this year? If like I was Gino that good, Smith as the quarterback, I will take Gino that. Smith, West Virginia great legend, Geno Smith. Absolutely. So you know what's funny? I, so I'm looking at the logo right now. And yes, green. But So I'm going to go... Oh, man. So I'm going to go, actually, with what I predicted last year, for this year. Okay. So you see red? That is for 49ers red. Okay. And that green is going to be the green of a gangrene of the New York Jets. Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers. It's going to tear his other Achilles. It's, <laughs> hey. I'm trying to put it for my Jet fans out here and put it in the universe. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers makes a full recovery, hopefully, maybe, and leads the Jets to the Super Bowl for the first time since Mr. Montana. And they that and maybe they win it, but I'm not gonna go that far yet. But if I'm going to conspiracy theorists right now, we're going 49ers Jets next year's Super Bowl. Okay. Oh boy. Is it my turn now? Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking at something real quick. Uh that's not all the teams. That's not fun. That is though. 
that's still not all. Um, okay, so you guys keep talking about the colors, right? The red and the green. But I'm looking at the front office sports Twitter account, and it has a purple background to it, right? Right. This is going to be interesting. But I'm going to go with the Ravens. Hold off for a second. I'm going to look real quick. And I think I'm going to go with repeats of the 49ers. Oh, be a great yeah. one. I think I think that's gonna be that's gonna be it. Ravens 49ers next year. Um I don't know who the hell will win. I don't even want to start guessing that game because that would just be too much. Um, but yeah, I, I that's what I'm going with. I think that'll be that would be a good matchup. But that's what we got for the football. Football is over for a while now, guys. Like it's, we got the um, combine coming up in a couple of weeks. Yep. I do love and, the combine. And then, of course, when we do our super our NFL draft predictions and all that fun stuff, Joe Mack will have to have you back on so you can talk about your Miami Dolphins. Love it. And we'll go through. Our and teams. and uh, hold on, and we because with the bow down pod bow down podcast, we got to know about the, these watching. Yeah, yeah, we got to know about more. Penix and all those guys. The wide receivers yeah. supposed to go number ten or in the top ten of what I've been reading. So they should have four first round picks, no questions asked. Is Penix a top a first round pick or is he a second day pick because of his injury history? Penix should be a first round pick. Okay, uh, maybe in the twenties. You should have, Roma Dunze should be the number two receiver off the board. Yeah, in my humble opinion, he's better than Marvin Harrison and should have won the Belintikoff this year. But Marvin Harrison has that recognizable name. His daddy's mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. So, of course, Marvin Harrison won the Belintikoff. Um, Roma Dunze will be a top 10 pick. Last mock I saw was something like um, six to the Chargers or seven or eight to the Giants, which would be a huge oh. move. He would slide in perfectly with both teams. Um, then I love Raylan Trice, the edge rusher. He's got a little bit of Aiden Hutchinson in him, a little bit of Aaron Donald in him to the point where he literally just, whoever's in front of him, he just destroys and turns into jello. It's crazy. It's incredible. He had the most QB pressures in the college football season nationwide. Uh, He should definitely be a first round pick. The last mock I saw was him going to, I think Detroit in the twenties to line up opposite of Aiden Hutchinson on the other edge, which would be nice. Um, Troy Fontanu, the left tackle who helped keep Michael Penix on his feet more than any other quarterback in the nation this year. Uh, Penix was only sacked 11 times in 15 games, which is unheard of in college football. Fontanu should definitely be a first round pick. He could slot into literally any team's left tackle right now as a starter. And then Penix is that one that's up in the, up in the air. You know, he had a better season than Bo Nix. He had a better season than Drake may um, was a Heisman trophy finalist alongside Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels. Um, Caleb Williams, we know is going to go one and we know that Drake may and um, Jaden Daniels are going to be the two and three quarterbacks off the board, whether it's one, two, three, one three four, one three five. Um, 
but I think Penix should get drafted in that first round. There are a lot of options that he would slide in and take a year like a Patrick Mahomes did to learn. Um, I could see him go up to Seattle and be a really nice backup to Gino and maybe challenge Gino in that 2025 season for the starting role. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like Detroit behind Jared Goff, somewhere like Tampa Bay, if they don't want to go with Baker Mayfield again, bring in a quarterback who led the nation in passing yards two years in a row. There's been, there's been two quarterbacks. This is my last thing. I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant here. No, you're crushing you're it. You're good. There have been two quarterbacks in the history of college football to throw for 4,500 yards in back-to-back seasons. Michael Penix Jr. and Patrick Mahomes. End of list. Wow. So Wow. Okay. You heard it here first, guys. I'd love to be on for the for the draft with you. Oh, well, you're 100 percent being on. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, we'll put it. It's going to be on the schedule for yeah. sure. We'll make sure that happens. I'm looking at a mock draft right now, and let's just go through the top ten, just quick and easy. Um, right now, of course, like you said, Caleb Williams number one to the Bears. Number two, Jaden Daniels has flipped from two to three to the Commanders. Drake May to the New England Patriots. Arizona taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Los Angeles Chargers taking Brock Bowers, tight end. Oh, Bowers is that dude. I like him a lot. I watched him live at the national championship He's beast. two years ago. He's a stud. And then you have the New York football giants, Joe Alt, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. I mean, they Ten- need all the help they can get on that damn offensive line. Tennessee Titans, Talis uh, Fuaga. Oregon State offensive tackle. And I definitely butchered that name, but I do apologize, but I'm assuming he's um, Samoan. So I'm definitely going to butcher that name. Um, Atlanta Falcons. This is the biggest surprise in the top 10 to me. Bo Nix. I think that's a stretch, to be to be fair. Number nine, Chicago Bears taking Malik uh, Neighbors from LSU. And number 10, the Jets taking J.C. Latham from uh, Alabama. Your first Washington kid is not taken until 12, Joe Mack, with Rome. Yeah. Going to the Broncos. Um, And this is just Sports Illustrated. Of course, everything's going to change in the next few weeks. Uh, Troy isn't taken until 19 with the Rams. Let's see. Anything else? I'm not. Yeah, that's it. That oh, and then they're saying um, Jalen Polk will go to the Kansas City Chiefs at 32. That is the three players they have from Washington going in the first round. So they don't have Penix going in right. the first. Well, we'll see after after the uh, combine and the Washington pro day. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what the the mock drafts say. I'll, oh I'll, yeah, we've I'll, there's I'll leave a, it at that. there's a lot of college football left. You know, there's nothing to really go and watch. But there's a lot of stuff to wait and see for us sports fans to sink our teeth into. Um, but quickly, guys, because I want to wrap it up because my wife's probably been hanging with a kid for a little while longer than I she wanted. Um, Joe Mac, how's uh, dad prep going? How's that all going for you? I'll tell you what, man. It is um, life comes at you a lot quicker when you're counting by weeks. Yeah. As opposed to like living day by day or January, February, March. Um wifey tomorrow counts seven weeks until 
our due date, which is April 3rd. And it's getting real now. It's getting real. I, I'm having the, I have the luxury of working from home. So like uh, I haven't traveled since January, which is really nice. Some inclement weather. Business has slowed down a little bit in the world of camp. But um, it's nice being home and, and kind of, you know, opening boxes up, putting strollers together and high chairs together. And um, I've never seen so many diapers in my entire life. And we haven't even had her... Uh, uh, baby shower yet it's uh it's a lot of prep it's a lot of work but i'm looking forward to her finishing work in march so we can begin the quote-unquote nesting period of like getting everything where everything belongs and finishing putting things together and just having a few days and weeks to kind of mentally prepare to never sleep again so um i'm excited i can't wait for my little girl to be here been wanting to be a dad for a long time and we are very blessed to hopefully bring in a healthy baby girl into this world in the next seven weeks so excited for you man very very excited love it. i mean how, listen if you can do it anybody can do it right i don't know yes. how i do it um let's put it this way once you get to like the eight week mark of them being around they do start falling into like a pattern which is great last night my kid we put him down at like nine o'clock he didn't wake up until 5.30 or so when I got home from the gym. What's up? I was like, you usually sleep maybe six hours. Now, he went eight hours last night. I was like, oh, shit. Nice. So that was great. Um, but yeah, did it just wait till the day it happens. Yeah. Um, hopefully, all of that goes smoothly. I know things can turn sideways in that real quick. But I hope that it, all of that goes smoothly. I've see, seen your wife's Instagram. She is still going to the gym, still rocking it good for her. She's like, killing Damn. Um, but no, good luck to you guys. If you need anything, feel free to reach out. We're here. Yeah, I'm hope, I'm hoping I'm back on before the kid's born. That'd be nice. <laughs> some spring some spring training, some preseason MLB talk with you guys. Uh, we'll bring Leland on for that because we Kevin and I don't know anything about baseball. Love me some baseball. There it is. Awesome. And Kevin, what, you got a, like a week or so? Uh, yeah, about a week. Then we see there'll be another we out here coming out. Uh, another we out here for MSG. So my group of friends, we always go to a Knicks game together to sit on the bridge. This year, we all decided it's time we splurge a little. And we went and head and got the bridge for the Celtics-Knicks game prime time Saturday night. So nice. we're super excited. Uh, I'll be ready. I want to see if I can bring my microphone with me that I use for the filibusters to see if I can get some content. Uh, Cause it's so much clear when you use the microphone, it's like awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Then the week, like literally it's actually kind of crazy. So I have that game there. I work Sunday and then I wake up Monday and I will be on an 11 hour flight to hawaii Whoa. oh shit awesome. yeah so to get a little bit of uh wellness hours and rest and relaxation for a week try to build my tan back because it's crazy i'm i need my tan back and then also you're almost as little... pale as joe mac and i listen I'm, no I'm seriously i'm transparent these days yeah, yeah it's getting bad so and also keep an eye out on the instagram um, I did my interview with my gym the other week. Woo! 
um, about my weight loss. So it should be coming out within the, whether this week or next week. So you'll see it tagged. And uh, they said that they would tag the Insta- the Instagram for the podcast too. So I can maybe pin it up there also. So, you know. Yeah, yeah dude, Kevin, if you turn sideways, man, I wouldn't be able to see you anymore. Where, where would you go? I mean, I that's amazing because you getting know, after it, my boy. You're getting after it. Thank you. You Proud know, the you, five sir. the five a.m. life is taking over. So just like literally driving to work in a snowstorm, but I had to get the workout in. I was just, you know, it's yeah. crazy. We all do it. Awesome. But that's all I got tonight, guys. Uh, Kevin, what was the filibusters question of the day? Yes, question of the day. I'm going to take the one from episode 39 because we talked about the Super Bowl. Guys, what is your go-to Super Bowl food? I mean, we all know there's one answer. There's only one answer. It's wings, baby. It's wings. It's always wings. Mm. Yes. I mean, wings is is definitely up there. Wings is solid for sure. Uh, I feel like I know what you're going to pick, Merritt. I don't know why. Okay, what do you think I want to pick? I feel like you're gonna pick like buffalo chicken dip. Oh, one hundred fucking percent. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I'm I'm aligned on that too. Uh, that I, that's that's the same wheelhouse as my buffalo wings. Yeah, so. like you can't go wrong with like good buffalo chicken dip. Now here's the question though: What are you using to eat it with? Chips or pita a, chips? A well, what type of what type of chip? It's a spoon. A spoon is the correct answer. <laughs> I love using like the pita chips, the thicker like kind oh, of pita okay. chips, it's or fancy. or you can do. We used uh, on Sunday at my buddy Jeff's place nacho chip, uh, like just yeah, regular nacho chips. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, because I know, and I know, I know the popular answer. Anytime you talk to somebody eating some sort of dip, it's always the go-to for the Tostitos scoops because it's just the perfect oh. amount of dip that just scoops into that chip. Yeah, I could see that. I I haven't used actually I have used those, but I haven't it's been a while. So Kevin, before we go, mm-hmm. unless I missed it, I'm still waiting for my question to be asked on the Filipino Starbucksters. Yes, it's on the list. Okay. It on is the on the list of well, tell questions. Whoever, tell whoever is in charge of that list to move it up the list because I'm curious to know which of what your guys' thoughts are on which players in other sports around the world would succeed in the NFL today. Ah, uh, yes. We're going to, you know what? We actually have the Philobucksters tomorrow. So I'm going to jot that down as that's what the question we're just going to do. All right. We're looking I'm making, forward. I'm making the executive decision. Beautiful. Yes. So that will be episode 41 of the Filipino Starbucksters, which is kind of crazy that we are on episode 41. Just how like Mary and I go crazy that we are on season three of this. We're just making things happen. Just continuing to build the the MMP yeah. universe, the Kevin Quaver brand, the Mary Peasley establishment, just crushing it. The multiverse. Yeah. The multiverse. The manly musings multiverse. Well, Kevin, get us out of here. Yes. It's late. We all need to go to bed. Joe Matt needs late. to sleep. I have to get sleep too, and I'm yeah, also hungry, and I got to go to the gym tomorrow, and so does Merritt. But I digress. For those of you that have continued to watch us and support us, we appreciate you. Joe Mac, again, thank you so much for joining us. We will 
uh, touch base because we know that it is WrestleMania season and we are going to need to get together with the guys. And also, we also want to add, oh, yes, I love those pops. Yes. Oh, Triple that's H awesome. And Shawn Michaels, that is amazing. Is that a, oh. a Walmart exclusive? Wait, wait. Joe Mack, did you order the newest pop that's coming out in July? Which one? Jason Kelsey. Whoa. I pre-ordered it last week. It's shirtless. Jason Kelsey screaming. I can't. Oh, is it really screaming? Like the way he's in the. He's like this. Oh my god. We didn't need to get that one. I love my. I love me some Jake. Jake Kelsey. I won't lie. It was a lot more money than I thought it was going to be. It's like thirty-five bucks. Like for I was like fuck, but that's all right. It's all good. Kevin, back to you. Sorry, but yes. Uh, shout out to Joe Mac. You can find him at the Bow Down Podcast. The Mushwad podcast when it comes back. And of course, you'll find him here with us. When also when we get the guys back for the wrestling pod, we'll get Leland, we'll get Cyrus, and Merritt, if it's okay. Joss, my buddy who runs a food truck, has been dying to join the wrestling podcast. You know so, what, Kevin? How about this? The wrestling podcast, all you. You can run it. I will take a week off when you guys do oh, that one. Okay. So you guys can just Go to town. Okay. Wrestling wise. How's that? We will probably do that. So we'll keep you posted. But yes. By me. But yes, we'll have that going on. Again, thank you for listening to us on all streaming platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Amazon Play. If you love to watch us on the YouTube, feel free, like Cyrus does, feel free to watch us at the Manly Musings podcast page. Follow the Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. Follow Merritt and myself on Instagram, Merritt underscore P, KQuava624. Joe Mac, do you want to put your your uh personal Instagram on there if you'd like? Sure. We'll go Joe McGrath89, my friends. Beautiful. Make sure you follow Joe there. Also, what has been, you know, up and coming with all little clips. Don't forget our TikTok at the Manly Musings Pod. Putting some fun little things there. Uh, I'm just going to continue to feed, keep feeding the content. That's where you'll find your filibusters, your episode recaps, your fun highlights from these little uh, episodes here. And honestly, that's what we got. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of the week. And we'll see you all soon.